Good morning, Christ Point. Thank you, James, and everyone else. Um, thanks you, Dan, for worship this morning. Um, I just wanted to welcome you this morning and tell you that you should have a Connect card on your seat or at the main table, um, or there's one in the back. Um, if you would like, you can fill it out, um, or you can do it online if you scan that little QR code. Um, we just want to hear from you. We want to hear if you're new um, or if you just have anything that you want to communicate with us. If we can pray for you any, in any way, please fill out this form. Um, I have a few announcements. So if you are a high school student or a parent of a high school student, um, you might have noticed that our retreat was shifted just a little bit. It's not going to be a weekend retreat anymore. It's going to be here at the barn on Saturday, September 11th, um, from 10 in the morning till 10 in the evening. Phil, who's clapping right now, has assured me that um, there will be something for everyone. He said there will be competition, if you like competition, and there will be crafts, if you like crafts, and I know that there will be food. And I have some teenagers, and I know that you like food. So if you haven't signed up, sign up. Teenagers, this is where I give you permission to do that thing that you do where you like persistently beg your parents to do something until they give in. You can do that now and sign up for the retreat. We need you to sign up today, please. So. Go to the back or um, go online, and we have a place for you to sign up. Ladies, all the ladies in the house, this one's for you. Um, we have our women's kickoff fall dinner this Wednesday night, and it's not too late. If you haven't signed up, it's not too late. Our kickoff event is where um, the women in our church get together, and we just enjoy time together. We eat, and then you get to hear a little bit about what our... Um, mission is, what our um, vision is for women's ministry. <clears throat> so please sign up. It's not too late to do that if you have not already. And last, this is also for the ladies. Um, we have our women's Bible studies that start the following week, the week of September 15th. Um, this whole year, actually, fall and spring semester, we're going to study the book of Matthew, and we're going to just learn more about the life of Jesus. Um, we'd love for you to join us. Um, we have a Wednesday evening study um, that will meet, where are we calling that? The log cabin. We meet at the log cabin on our property. Um, and the, our Thursday morning um, study also meets there as well. So we have a Wednesday evening and a Thursday morning. Please sign up. Um, our Thursday morning has child care if that's needed, but we need to hear from you because we don't know if we need child care at this moment. And we want to get the right amount of books. So sign up today for all the things. Um, I think that's it. I'm going to turn this over to James. Oh, wait, Jody's doing the dance in the back. You know what that means. The dance in the back means if you are Christ Point's youth, uh, child, CP kids. kids, find Jody. Go now. Thank you. That was a good save, Heidi. Thank you. I thought you were going to forget. I didn't I, I do every Sunday. I do every Sunday. Uh, good morning, Christ Point. It's good to see you. Happy Labor Day weekend. want to welcome those who are watching online at home or somewhere uh, in the mountains or uh, down by the water. Uh, thanks for tuning in this morning. Uh, uh, church, if you have your Bibles, and uh, I would expect that you would, uh, turn to Jonah chapter 4. Jonah chapter 4. If you don't have a copy of the scriptures with you, that's okay. You can follow along on the screen uh, as we read Jonah chapter 4 together. So Jonah uh, chapter 4, we've been walking through the book of, of Jonah for the last uh, four weeks. This is our last Sunday. And so Jonah chapter 4, let me put away this microphone. 
Great. Jonah chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out to the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head uh, to save him from his discomfort. Uh, So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. Ah. But then dawn came up the next day and God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, did not make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? Would you pray with me? Uh, Why don't you take a moment this morning, if you would, and you pray for you. Uh, You know you better than I know you, and so you you know, at least in some sense, what you stand in need of, and so ask that God, through His Spirit, would teach you this morning. And if you would be so kind, would you pray for me? Ask that God, by his spirit, would allow my words to be helpful to you this morning as I seek to point you to Jesus and accurately represent the words that God has spoken to us. God, I ask for your help this morning that, uh, that you would guide and direct my words, that you would give me uh, clarity of thought, uh, that you would be kind enough to allow me to experience uh, freedom this morning as I communicate your word to your people. Uh, God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive uh, what you have for us this morning. Lord, I believe that your word is living and active. You use it uh, not just to inform us, but to transform us, to change us. And so I pray this morning that you would do that, that you would change us, uh, convict us, uh, challenge us, uh, help us to reflect your son, Jesus. God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. Uh, I firmly believe that every generation without question uh, has a slapstick comedy or a group of characters that mark that generation for better or worse. 
And when I say mark a generation for better or worse, what I mean by that is for worse. Um, all of us can look back to a comedy that we watched, that we saw growing up, that we remember that influenced us in some way, shape, or form. Oftentimes, these comedies are watched uh, by teenage boys uh, late at night when they're amped up on Mountain Dew. Um, what I have in mind is uh, movies like Dumb and Dumber and Napoleon Dynamite. I'm not endorsing, listen to me, I'm not endorsing those comedies. I'm not recommending that you watch these for family movie night. So I just, that's, that's the official stance that I'm making this morning. Uh, however, uh, I think many of us uh, have been influenced or impacted by these comedies. We remember phrases uh, that, that were spoken during these movies. When I was, uh, when I was growing up, uh, one of the comedies that actually started as an SNL skit that uh, became a movie uh, was Wayne's World. Uh, who here has seen Wayne's World? I'm praying for your soul. All right, how dare you? Uh, there was a catchphrase, a classic catchphrase uh, from Wayne's World when Wayne uh, would say to Garth, no way. Right? And, and, and Garth would say to Wayne, way, yes, no way, way. You know what? I've never, never, never thought of Wayne's World when I read the Bible until recently, uh, because I found myself reading the story of Jonah, thinking to myself, no way. Like, no way. God tells Jonah uh, to, to go to a place that he doesn't want to go, the capital of Assyria, and speak against uh, the Ninevites, the Assyrians. And Jonah says to him, no way. No way, I'm not doing that. And instead, Jonah hops on a ship and heads the exact opposite direction, as far away uh, from the Lord as he could possibly get. Um, God chases after Jonah. Remember, he sends a storm. Uh, and while Jonah is sleeping in the bottom of that boat, the sailors on the boat who do not know Yahweh, who do not know the Lord, wake up Jonah and are like, uh, Jonah, who is responsible for this? Um, Jonah admits, hey, it's on me. Um, take me, pick me up and throw me into the water. And the sailors who do not know Yahweh, do not love him, do not follow God, say to Jonah, no way, no, we are not doing that. But as you read the story, you find out that they do. They throw Jonah into the water and the winds and the waves, they calm down. A large fish comes and swallows up Jonah. I wasn't there. The text doesn't say it. But something tells me when Jonah found himself in the belly of the fish, he was thinking to himself, no way. Like, no way. As the story is told, this large fish vomits Jonah back on uh, to dry land, and God comes to Jonah a second time. This is Jonah's mulligan. Uh, we talked about it last week, and he tells Jonah uh, to go to Nineveh again and to preach the message uh, that he is going to give him. And if you are following this story and you know a little bit about the Ninevites, if you're familiar with Assyria and their wicked ways, and you see how they respond uh, to the preaching of Jonah, in the Hebrew it was five words, Right? And the whole country, from the greatest to the least, all of them, a call a fast, they repent in sackcloth and ashes. And if you are reading this story, you are probably thinking to yourself, no way. No way. But all along, God is saying, oh no, <laughs> way. 
way. Jonah, you're going to go to Nineveh, and you're going to preach against it, and I'm going to do a mighty work uh, in and through you. Jonah, the prophet of God, the runaway prophet of God, uh, sees how the people respond. And I know that you weren't there, I wasn't there, but if you are a prophet of God and you are given a message by God to preach to the people, and all of the people uh, call a fast and repent in sackcloth and ashes, um, you could write a book, right? You, you, you could make the, the, the circuit and speak all over the land. Like, you're kind of a big deal. Like, you've had great results. And so you would think, you would think uh, that Jonah would celebrate uh, the good work that God has done. But instead, Jonah, in his anger, uh, speaks to God and essentially says to him, no way. Like, I cannot believe that you just did what you did. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1 says, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. The reader um, would not see this coming, but Jonah did. Uh, as a matter of fact, we finally learn here in Jonah chapter 4 why it was that Jonah was hesitant to go to Nineveh all this time. It, it wasn't because he feared the Ninevites. It wasn't simply because he had heard about those big, bad, evil Assyrians and he was worried um, that they would take his life. Instead, uh, Jonah did not want to go where God had told him uh, to go because he knew uh, the character of God. And so Jonah was exceedingly angry. A scripture talks about uh, different kinds of anger. On one hand, we read about righteous anger. Uh, righteous anger is what we experience when we look out at the fallenness and the brokenness of the world and we say to ourselves, that's not right. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever experienced the brokenness of the world, maybe in your heart or in the hearts of those that you know and love? Have you ever uh, watch the news or read the papers or follow the latest headline on Twitter or Instagram or whatever social media is uh, your preference and think to yourself, that is not right. And scripture calls that righteous anger. In some ways, that's sort of a, a good kind of anger. Um, that's not what Jonah is experiencing here. And this anger that Jonah is experiencing uh, is an unrighteous Anger. Jonah is angry because the Ninevites are cruel and wicked people. Uh, and uh, he is mad um, that God is acting so godlike. God is acting so godlike. Jonah knows that this is who God is, this is God's character. It says in verse 2 And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet? in my country. This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Christ Point, can I ask you a question this morning, a question for a reflection? When uh, you get angry, and we all do, um, what do you get angry about? What, what bothers you? What causes your, your blood to boil? Do you have or experience righteous anger 
or an unrighteous anger. Everything about uh, Jonah's anger is unrighteous. And he uh, is angry and he is experiencing unrighteous anger because God is acting like God. Uh, Jonah says to the Lord, God, I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting uh, from disaster. Jonah was mad at God because God was acting in character. This is who uh, God is, and this is what uh, God does. And Jonah is ticked about it. It says in verse 2, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? Um, in the book of Jonah, in chapter 1, it begins by saying the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. In Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, it talks about how the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. God's word coming to Jonah. If you were to study the Hebrew here, it is as if Jonah is saying to God, now my word is going to come to you. Jonah is saying essentially to the Lord, now I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. Right? And so if you can feel that, right, you can understand that this would silence the crowd. This is like at the dinner table when the kids are playing and all of a sudden, one of the children feels pretty bold and brash and says something to their mother or to their father that silences the room. Ever have this experience before? Someone speaks up and says, oh yeah, dad? Oh yeah, mom? Well, you always, you never. And it's quiet. Because you know someone has spoken out of turn. That's what Jonah is doing right now. Jonah said, Oh Lord, is, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? Here, Jonah's heart is revealed. Right? His heart is exposed uh, to the open air. And chapter 1, again, leads us to believe that Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. Obviously, we're not told why. We can guess uh, but here we know that Jonah did not want to go ultimately uh, because he hated uh, the Ninevites. He hated the Ninevites. Uh, Jonah loved Jonah. Uh, Jonah loved his people. Uh, Jonah did not uh, love other people. Um, Jonah was angry with God because Jonah was proud. Jonah loved his people, but only his own people. Jonah loved the fact that he was on God's short list of grace recipients, but he didn't want anyone else on the list. This is just an observation, but oftentimes we don't have a problem with God extending grace and mercy to us. We do have a problem when God extends that same grace and mercy to others. And when grace comes to your doorstep, you welcome it. Right? When you experience his mercy, like you're, thank you, Lord. Like, thank you. And there's part of you that goes, I know I don't deserve this, but I might deserve it more than others. <laughs> I know I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. Right? When it comes to us, we celebrate it. We're like, yes, we want more of it. But when we see it extending uh, to others, um, we have a problem with it. Um, this is... Uh, really what is scandalous about the grace of God. There is something scandalous about the grace of God, just in its very nature. Because people that we perceive to be 
to be beyond the reach of God's grace, all of a sudden, uh, because of grace, are welcomed in. Uh, People who we think don't deserve the grace of God, all of a sudden it shows up on their doorstep. And we find ourselves thinking, uh, (laughs) wait a second. I mean, we have an Amazon subscription uh, to the grace of God with one-day delivery. Like every day, multiple times a day, uh, grace arrives uh, at our front porch. All the time. And we're good with it. But occasionally, um, the package that we think belongs to us um, shows up at someone else's house. And we go, uh, uh-oh, how did that happen? Uh, I'm part of a neighborhood Facebook group. Uh, if you are not, I highly recommend it. It's somewhat entertaining. Uh, one of the things that I read about in our Facebook uh, uh, neighborhood group is that occasionally someone will be expecting a package. Um, and they will get receive an email saying your package has been delivered. Only their package is not on their porch. And so they will hop on their neighborhood Facebook page and say, hey, um, sorry, we were supposed to get a package we didn't, who all has it? Fork it over. Right? They, they don't say it quite like that, but that's essentially what they mean. Right? Someone else received something that was supposed to go to me, and I want it. And I think oftentimes we have that same mentality with the grace of God. Uh, we love uh, that it comes to us. But all of a sudden, uh, when it comes to our neighbors or it comes to those outside our circle or it comes to those that we think don't deserve the grace of God, uh, we can respond uh, just like Jonah. Uh, In the story of of Jonah, Nineveh's repentance was pleasing to God, but it was threatening uh, to Jonah and it was threatening uh, to Israel's national interest. Jonah Jonah must wrestle with the question, what if my identified enemy becomes God's friend? What if the very people I have grown to hate become my brothers and sisters? Am I okay with that? Jonah responds to God and says, no way. No way. God, I, I can't believe what you've done. Jonah chapter 4, verse 3 says, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah was so uh, distraught by the grace of God extending uh, to others that Scripture uh, says he said that he wanted uh, to die. And, And God, this is so beautiful, with remarkable gentleness, Um, chastises uh, Jonah for his anger, but still extends to him uh, grace and mercy. Jonah says to God, in effect, God, I would uh, rather serve a God who is for me and no one else than to serve a God who is for me and for others. Uh, God, not only do I want you to be my best friend, but you can't have any other friends. I should be the only one on your list. You are more uh, than welcome to be my God and act like my God, but you can't be their God, not those people. 
Because if you're friends with them, if those outsiders are invited in, then I don't want to be a part of your deal. God, I don't want to go uh, to your party. Ultimately, this boils down to God loving Jonah's enemy. And Jonah says, I would rather die than have you love my enemy. Now, when we look at this story, it's easy, again, for us to look at the life of Jonah and think to ourselves, man, like, what a knucklehead, right? Like, I, the nerve. I can't, can't believe that he would do something like that. Uh, and then we stop and we pause and we go, oh, like, wait a second. Maybe I have a little Jonah in me. Jonah reveals his heart, and so God, acting in character, decides to have a heart-to-heart with Jonah. The Lord said to him in verse 4, Do you do well uh, to be angry? Um, God wants to have a conversation with his runaway prophet. Um, God essentially says to Jonah, Jonah, let's, let's talk. Let's talk about this. Let's, uh, let's hash it out. Like, do, you, do you have a right to be angry? Notice how Jonah responds in verse 5. Jonah went out to the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade um, till he should see what would become of the city. Right? Imagine Jonah uh, pulling up a chair from the distance, and looking at the city and saying essentially with his actions, all right, I'm waiting. I'm waiting, Lord. You do your thing. Handle up on those people. You know their wickedness. I'm watching. Jonah grabs his popcorn. He sits back, and he waits essentially uh, for what God said could happen in chapter 3, verse 4, 40 days in Nineveh will be overthrown. And so Jonah wants to see it happen. He wants to see Nineveh overthrown. It's, it's interesting, the word overthrown uh, in the Hebrew, is, it's a Hebrew word, hapak, hapak. And like many words, it has many different meanings uh, when you read Scripture. Um, You read this word hapak in Hosea chapter 7, verse 8. It says, uh, Ephraim, or Ephraim, mixes himself with the peoples. Uh, Ephraim is a cake, uh, not uh, overthrown or not turned over, not hapaked. And it just just simply means to turn over. Other times, it can mean overthrown or destroyed. Lamentations chapter 4, verse 6. For the chastisement of the daughter of my people has been greater than than the punishment of Sodom, which was overthrown or which was hapaked in a moment and no hands were wrung for her. So it can mean overthrown or destroyed. Or, or uh, that word hapak can mean changed or transformed. Psalm 30, verse 11, you have hapaked uh, for me my mourning uh, into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Right, so the, the, the word can mean to turn over, it can mean overthrown or destroyed, or uh, it can mean changed or transformed. 
Uh, what definition do you think Jonah wanted? <laughs> uh, that would be option B. Right? He, he wanted to see Nineveh overthrown and destroyed. But instead, what he is witnessing on some level is Nineveh changing or being transformed. Notice how God responds. It says in verse 6, Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. So God mercifully sends a plant right, to provide shade uh, for Jonah. He sovereignly sends a worm to eat the plant, uh, and then he appoints a scorching a win. This may seem random, but it is not. Um, God, the great professor, uh, has Jonah enrolled in a class that he did not sign up for. Uh, but, but God, in his wisdom, uh, knew that this was one of the courses that Jonah uh, needed to take in order to graduate. Right? And so he's, he's trying to teach Jonah. He's trying to show Jonah uh, himself it says at the end of verse 8, and when he had asked that he might die, he said, it is better for me to die than to live. This is Jonah's words. It's better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And Jonah said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. Isn't that crazy? God's like, Jonah, it's a, it's a, it's a plant. It's a, it's a plant, Jonah. Do, do you see what, what bothers you in this moment, Jonah? Jonah, can't you see? Jonah, can't you see what, what I'm doing, not just in your heart, but in the hearts of these people? Can't you see? Uh, the, the first time in my life I saw a great poverty, and I mean great poverty, uh, was in a small village in Honduras. Uh, I remember walking the dusty roads. Uh, I remember seeing stray dogs, ribs exposed through their tight skin, scavenging around uh, the streets looking for food. Uh, I remember walking into to homes that you and I would likely not even call a home. Occasionally, a, a bed sheet would, would separate uh, the rooms. Uh, flies swarmed around on this dirt floor and would, would land on the people. There were no stocked refrigerators or shelves. Uh, there was no pantry. Uh, we, we came to deliver a bag of food, uh, rice uh, and beans and some vitamins that might sustain people uh, for two or three uh, weeks. Whatever the people had was very meager. Uh, running water was uh, nowhere to be found. Meals were infrequent. Uh, the air conditioning was the wind uh, that would blow through the house. Children would run around with no shoes, Medical care did not exist. Medicine 
was difficult, if not impossible, uh, to come by. I want you to imagine for a minute being in that village. Uh, some of us have. Right? Some of us have gone. Some of us have had that experience. But I wanna, want you to picture that you are there uh, and you are with family uh, in, in that context. You, you pray for them uh, and, you, and you walk out of their house and return back uh, to uh, your van. You fire up uh, the van and you turn on the air as high as it can go. Uh, and you pull out your cell phone and you say to yourself, uh, frustrated, boy, the cell coverage here stinks. I can't even get a signal. Can you? That is what Jonah is doing in this moment. God is going, Jonah, you, you, you really care about the plant. You really care about the plant. The plant that you didn't grow, that you're not responsible for. You really care about the plant. And Jonah says, oh yes. Oh, I care about the plant. And I'm angry. I'm angry enough to die. We, we read this, we should read this and think to ourselves, seriously? Like, re re really, Jonah? Like, you care about the plant more so than the hundred and 20,000 people who do not know their right hand from their left. We know, at least in part, um, the rest of God's story. Uh, we, we know that when we walk through life and say, no way, um, God says, no, there's a way. Um, there is a way. Uh, and the way's name is Jesus. Uh, his perfect life, uh, his death, and his resurrection. We know that Jesus came and said he was the way, uh, the truth, and the life. Uh, we know that on this side of the story. But, but did you notice how the book of Jonah ended? It really doesn't end with a, a neatly tied bow. Like God doesn't summarize his three points and, and offer a couple steps of application. He doesn't do that. The, the end of the story is abrupt. It's startling, and it's jarring. Again, it's easy for us to look at Jonah and think to ourselves, I cannot believe he would act like that until uh, we start examining our own hearts and our own lives, and we start thinking, are, are there people or is there a person in my life 
uh, that I look to and think to myself, no way. They, he or she, is beyond uh, the grace of God. Is there a people or a person in your life that you look at in that way? Where you say, not them, not that place, not those people, not that country, not that color, not him, not her. You ever do that before? God, I'm, I'm good with your grace toward me, but, but not those left-leaning liberals. Not them. Or God, I'm good with your grace toward me, but not those staunch right-wing obnoxious Republicans. God, I'm good with your grace toward me, but not those mask-wearing worry warts. Not them. God, I'm, I'm good with your grace toward me, but not those don't-tread-on-me freedom fighters. God, I'm good with your grace for me, but not, not those wishy-washy Methodists. Not them. Not, not, not the liberal Presbyterians. Not the beer-drinking Lutherans. Not, not them. They, they are other. They're beyond your reach. They're beyond the gospel. They are the enemy. And the Lord said uh, to me and to you, uh, you pity the plant for which you did not labor nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? Would you pray with me? God, there's so much about uh, this book that, uh, that comes at us and uh, it, it feels or it can feel like uh, a gut punch. I mean, it, it can feel like a, a two-by-four against our chests. Not, not because we see the character of Jonah, but because... Um, because our hearts are revealed. Because the same grace and mercy Jonah needed and the same grace and mercy uh, the Ninevites needed is the same grace and mercy uh, that we need and that I need. And so I pray that you would, uh, through your Son and by your Spirit, uh, extend to us uh, that grace and mercy uh, today. Lord, thank you that you have uh, invited men and women, boys and girls, uh, around the world, many, uh, maybe different uh, than us. You've invited them uh, to your table. Uh, you have uh, offered them, uh, through your son Jesus, a seat. And so this morning, we give you thanks. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.